Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. I'm speaking to you today about listening to the right voices. I'm drawing upon a story in the book of Acts chapter 12. The most important thing for us is that the story ends with Herod the king giving a speech and the people shouted the voice of God and not man. In the story itself is the account of the church gathered in a home to pray for Peter who had been imprisoned by Herod awaiting a trial after which he would be put to death. While they were gathered for prayer an angel rescued Peter from prison and Peter walked to the house and knocked on the door. A servant girl named Rhoda answered the door. When she recognized the voice that it was Peter she was so excited she forgot to open the door but ran and told those praying peter was at the door but they said that she was out of her mind she insisted but they would not listen to her i would like to treat the servant girl as the kind of voices that we do not listen to even though she is speaking the truth and Herod as a type of voices we listen to even if their words are not supported by character or trustworthiness. Let me tell you the story. In the cycles of history, we come to those moments when power feels its oats. In these moments, power does what it wants to do, especially to the vulnerable and not well connected. It does so to please itself and to do its stuff. This story is about one such moment in which a king, Herod Agrippa I, the Roman protectorate for the people of the region of Galilee, that includes the Jewish people. He decided to go after the fledgling Christian movement in its infancy. Herod Agrippa I took James, one of the leaders and beheaded him. He then took Peter, another leader, and put him in prison awaiting the end of the Jewish Passover to bring him out to trial and execute him. This action against the Christian way pleased the Jews. They had forged an alliance with Herod. As the biblical accounts go, during the night, while Peter was in prison, the church met for prayer on his behalf at the home of Mary, who had a helper, a young woman named Rhoda. In the meantime, the angel came and aroused Peter from slumber and set him free, causing the chains on his hands and feet to fall off and the gates to open by themselves to 
Peter, for Peter to walk through them. All of this took place without the notice of the four squadron of soldiers that were set to guard Peter. Finally, the angel accompanied Peter for about a hundred yards as he made his way to the prayer meeting at Mary's house. Peter knocked on the door and called out. The young woman heard and recognized his voice, but she was so excited to hear Peter's voice, she failed to open the door and went and told the others at the prayer for Peter's release that Peter was at the door, at which they said she was mad. The following morning, when Peter's release from prison was discovered, there was no small commotion and Herod had the soldiers investigated and executed because he had the power to do so. Then we see Herod in negotiation with the people of Tyre and Sidon who depended on Herod for their food supply. They flattered him and made peace with him. Herod then bedecked himself in royal robes and made some public event in his own honor. He gave an address that so impressed the pliant people that they shouted the voice of God and not of man. Because of this, Herod was struck dead and eaten by worms because he did not give glory to God. So I am raising with you the contrast between the response of the people to Herod that they called the voice of God and the response to the young woman whom they said, you are mad. The young woman was speaking the truth. Herod was blaspheming. He was committing a great sacrilege. Why were people willing to listen to him, though he had arrogated to himself the right to take the place of God and to take human lives of James, of the soldiers who had done no wrong? Why did the people why did not the people make the connection between the mere words that he spoke with the deeds he had done of caprice, of oppression, of brute, of tyranny, of murder? Why were they prepared to attribute divinity to his words when they were not backed up by his character? Why did it not matter to them? that this was a man who appeared, who was prepared to starve people of Tyre and Sidon simply because it suited his political agenda. How does this man's word, who was so cruel and a brute and a fain, come to be received with such applause by people, many of whom have been the victims of his tyranny and viciousness? The man they called Esvox Vox Deus was a murderer and a tyrant. He was arrogant and cruel. In a moment, he was eaten by worms and died, thus proving that he was not God at all. He was a charlatan and a tyrant and a demagogue, of which there have been too many on the stage of history. Why do people welcome him? Why does his crime and cruelty not matter to them? And why were people so quick to dismiss the testimony of the young woman, though she was speaking the truth? Why call her mad? Why not check the door and see? Why not give her the benefit of the doubt? The very reason 
that they were gathered in that house to beseech God in prayer is that they believe that God can do the impossible. And now this young woman bears testimony that God has indeed done the impossible. They call her mad. This young woman was bearing testimony of the God who causes the prison doors to open and of their own accord and break the chains asunder. This God causes the great mm. commotion in the citadel of power in Herod's space. She was giving testimony to the fact that God does not leave us alone. God comes to the spaces where power has put its boots on our necks and walks with us and points in a direction of freedom and justice. This young woman bears a credible message, a verifiable message. She's not mad. She's speaking the truth. This is the doing of God, and it is marvelous in our eyes. I tell you why we call Herod God and call the young woman mad. It has to do, in the first place, with our deference to power. We hold power in high regard. What Herod showed by his murder and his treachery and his arrogant boast and his narcissism is demonstration of power. This is what power, this is what proves that he's powerful. We are suckers for power. We allow the powerful to shape the narrative, even if we know that they are just making stuff up. We defer to power because we hope that we too will get power by our association and affiliation and connection with such powerful people. We have been socialized to take our cues from power and our understanding of the world from sources of power. After a while, we will see our world and our reality from the perspective of the Herods of this world. Their presence, the likes of them that rule over us, has been so constant all of our lives that we believe our own forms, we develop our own forms of Stockholm Syndrome. We like the demonized man say, my name is Legion for we are many. Somebody just needs to tell us that we are not Herod, we are not Pharaoh, we are not Caesar. They do not act in our interest. And in fact, they are acting against us every day we live. They are not God. They are acting against God's will and against God's people and against God's cause in the world. And when they act like they do, they are seeking mm -hmm. to become God in our lives and we must not let them. Their end will be sudden and sure. This is the reminder that we must not let power make up our minds for us. We must break the bewitching that they have done to us and see them for what they are, mere time servers. The other reason why we call Herod God and call the young woman mad is because we don't play moral considerations. We are deluding ourselves when it comes to issues of morality and issues of character. They do not matter. 
So we are allowing people to fool us up with their uniform, with their confetti, with their razzle-dazzle and mere impressionism. The pomp and circumstances, the fireworks, are all part of the illusion that causes us to think that moral mm. considerations, considerations of character are unimportant. For far too many of us, we do not look at the priors of those who want to impress us. We do not look at how they live and how they treat other people. We do not take sleep and mark death. This is why we listen to them and are impressed by them. But if we began to put morality on the ballot and character on the ballot, we would know that however nice their words sound, they cannot be the voice of God. Look at what they have done to James. Look at what they have done to Peter. Look at what they have done to the soldiers. Look at what they have done to the people of Tyre and Sidon. They are gluttons for power. That's what they are, nothing more. People have always to keep moral considerations in mind. The psalmist mm. said, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, who does not take advice from those who stray from God. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he meditates day and night. The third reason why they call Herod God and call the young woman mad, it is our disregard for ordinary people and for simple things. We think less of women anyway. The smaller and the more unconnected you are in this world, the more you are disregarded, the more you are mistreated, the more you are underrated. The young woman said something simple. Peter is at the door. If you don't, if you doubt her, check. He would come in and tell you everything and set your mind at ease. But no, because she is a young woman with no voice and no insight and not thought to be bright. She has nothing to say that we want to hear, let alone to believe. This is God's way. This is God's preferred way in the Bible to hide it from the wise and prudent and reveal it to the babes and suckling. When the Syrian general Naaman was stricken with leprosy, it was a little servant girl that told him about Elisha and led him to wash in the Jordan's river that healed him of his leprosy. If he had dismissed the words of the little servant girl, he would have died a leprous man and never found a cure to his leprosy. It was shepherds, religious outcasts, thought less than because they could not keep the Sabbath who brought the story of angels at the birth of Jesus. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior that is Christ the Lord. God could have chosen better messengers, but God has chosen the simple things of this world to confound the mighty. No fanfare, no big recommendation, just like the young woman, Mary, who said, my soul does magnify the Lord and my spirit rejoice in God, my Savior, for he has regarded the humblest state 
of God's handmaiden. This is the great reversal, that the kingdom of God, the voice of God, does not come through the herods, but through the young servant girl, the essential service provider, who does not even attend the prayer meeting because she's still at work. This is what needs to change. COVID has already reminded us that the garbage collector is more important to our quality of lives than the hedge fund manager. We will learn at least to listen to the ordinary people and the simple message. We must trust but verify. We will be open to hear them out. Let us refuse to dismiss them. They are not mad. They are speaking God's truth. I close by making this statement. The people who called the young woman mad were not the same people who called Herod God. It is worse than that. It is the people who are gathered to beseech God in prayer, who had moved the hand of God. And what we see in the story is how entrenched and opaque this habit of listening to the wrong voices is. Even God's people have a blind spot that causes them to dismiss the still small voice, to call the witness to the truth of God when it comes as the testimony of one of us, the little people, to call it madness. We need to develop a suspicion towards the voice of the powerful. They are self-serving and dangerous to our interests, and they are seeking to take the place of God in our lives. Look at their prayers and you will see. Let us be open to the little and to the ordinary, and we will hear their testimony of the doings of God in our midst. Amen.